Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. The gorgeous Scott Bischoff. Join us from Bishop Brown on the Detroit Lions podcast. Bish, how you doing, buddy? Gorgeous. Are you serious? Well, we got to start somewhere, right? What have we been drinking? <laughs> well, Dan Miller had a beer. Lucky guy. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> you guys good? <laughs> yeah, doing well so far. Yeah, yeah, so far so good. Good. 21 hours good. left. I think my head is, something's going on with my melon here because my hat looks funky. But whatever, let's move along. Mine always, I, I, I quit wearing hats on Thanks, because buddy. I can't get them straight all the time. And then I try to fix them and then they go the wrong way. And then I kind of try to act like, and then I'm just doing this the whole show in my head. Yeah, I need to stop fidgeting. Yeah. yeah, you know who does a good job of wearing a hat badly, and it doesn't matter is Dan Campbell. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. he puts that up there. And like, Whatever, right? We go. I don't care. Yeah, he's got a certain kind of energy where it's okay to to put do it all, whatever. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I gotta I gotta take a quick minute. Um, everyone, we crossed we we crossed the line for me to eat one of these beans. These these delicious oh. bean boozled. So I have to do that here really quick. I have to shout out everyone that did, that did this again. Dan Miller, thank you for your two hundred dollars. Figured two beers, I better double it. Thanks, guys. Chad and keep up the great work. Can't put into words how joyous the season has been. Thank you. And Richard Head, <laughs> I know what you did there. Twenty bucks. Thank you. And do you think Corby Colby Sorsdal will push for a starting job next year? That's a great question for you, Scott. I'm going to let you start with that question while I prepare. That is a good question for Scott. <laughs> uh, in a perfect world, no. But okay. it's a really good question. I'm I'm, I'm in a bit of a uh, – it's, it's a riddle. Um, I don't know that it's a great scenario where you play Soresdale immediately. I think where they'll where they'll they'll be drafting, you could find a plug and play guard to play at a high level for you. The question is, to me, it's tied to the Jonah Jackson uh, contract, and you know you you don't want to replace two interior linemen in one off season, but you might have to. Um, so does Soresdale fit, and is he a player that you do re- rely on? Maybe. I mean, he played he played at a reasonable enough level on Monday where I think it's okay to think that you do need, you know, they need a swing tackle. They need help. Um, it, this is a great draft coming up to need tackles. Like there are, there are going to be tackles that are, that get taken late in the first round who have an athletic profile where they would normally get taken earlier, uh, tall, long, athletic, all that stuff. So I don't know that I've answered the question. Um, it's a tough question. I, I I don't think that I would want him necessarily starting for them immediately, like next year. But if he plays to the point where where he proves he can, yeah, I mean that's it's sure, you know. But I do think they may, they're going to have to replace one of their interior offensive linemen, and so you know it's it's something that we Lions fans are going to have to understand and get used to. Is draft coverage has been rel- I don't want to say easy, but it kind of has been. And when you're in the top five or six. You know, you're kind of focused on a few names. Uh, we're all going to have to get comfortable that the we might have to focus on 30 or 40 <laughs> this coming draft because, you know, 
picking 25 and, and later, you know, um, it just, it opens up the doors to just about anything. And right now, I don't think anybody could tell you what are their needs uh, other than you always need a pass rusher. You all, you always need a corner and you probably need, need some offensive line help, you know? Yeah. So you uh, always need something. I'm, 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 I'm going to try to read between the lines for, for Scott here. You're, it sounds like your premise is that either Vitae or Jackson, one of them won't be back. Um, is that right? Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I'm assuming. Vitae's injuries are starting to just add up, and um, it's been interesting. I agree you know, with you, by been, the way. And he's been healthy enough to dress the last couple of weeks, but he hasn't played, which is kind of it's a little. It makes me curious if they are trying to move past him, and if they're doing that. And playing Soresdale in an effort to see what he what he can give them now, and he looks like that in week one. You know, uh, I, I would say that it's a it's a really good sign for him going forward. These guys, you know, he's going to take a step as a player, but there's already a requisite amount of skill there to begin with. And with what the Lions like to do with their double teams, and you know. Um, that kind of stuff with their interior guys, I think he's he's physically up to it. You could see that he was physically capable of it. It's just can he take the next step as a player and then and then push perhaps Vitae out of that role where where you think Vitae's the injuries are just taking their toll and you need somebody to move on. And and then I think the Jonah Jackson stuff is you got to pay Sewell. You're going to have to pay Amon Ra. You're re, you're going to have to uh, you know you're going to extend Goff. You have other players that you're going to have to sign, and I'm not sure you're going to prioritize a guard when you can find them. You know, say in the at the you know 25 pick in round one. You know, kind of like where that's kind of where I'm at, where I am with it. So, just because I have no understanding of of what exactly their needs are going to be come April, um, there's you know I think interior O line is one of them. It tackles one of them kind of thing. That's where I'm at with it. I don't think there's anything specific that I'm saying though. Like, you know, if they, if they sign Jonah Jackson, then you would say, okay, cool. Well, lock, you know, lock yeah. that position up. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm totally good signing Jonah Jackson and Vitae's number. I mean, you let him go. You've seen in Glasgow, he's only 31, which for a lineman isn't, isn't really that old. You could put him on another contract and be just fine with him as in in that right side we've seen him play very well on the right side at guard and get yourself a, a pick at 25th or 32nd for guard in in, in the sure. next draft right and and bring that up as your next next guy and now you have you have a, a your 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 guard who can be your backup a center i mean it gives you all those kinds of pieces really really quickly with a with a single draft pick and a signing and the money you save off of vitai then you can, you know, it doesn't hurt your cap at all. And and you, and you can still get Jackson, right? I mean, there's all kinds of ways to do that where it's a cap neutral. And then you can start talking about, well, what about Amon Ra? What about all the other guys that you have to sign and, and, and keep on? So it gives you the flexibility you need. I know, I know Brad's a lot smarter about this than I am. And so is Disner, but I think they're going to be just fine. I, I think they'll be, I'll, I think they're good. I really do think that Vitae is gone. I, I, Jonah's thing we talked about it earlier about you know oh do you do you hit him on the uh, on the injury thing is it's just that he's injury prone it's it, it doesn't seem like that's the case that it's a he's injury prone it's just a, that's bad luck Vitae is a bit different his injuries seem to be kind of very much kind of ongoing and not 
yeah. really going to be solved. And so I can see very quickly moving on. As good as he is when he plays, I can see the Lions moving on and, to, and using the money elsewhere. Yeah, and the best case scenario is they already have that player in house. So if it is Sorsdale, it's great because you know, I mean, there's a ton of value in playing a guy who is a is a later round pick who's going to play for you for four years. Uh, you know, yeah, and and it wouldn't, it shouldn't be a surprise if that were to happen. I mean, Brad Holmes has done a pretty incredible job, you know, uh, in his tenure here. I just say where I am is. Um, the Lions finished the season pretty remarkably last year. And it wasn't like a flash in the pan string of two or three games where they played great. They It was a long stretch. And then you you throw on top of that Gibbs and, and Jack Campbell and Sam Laporta and Brian Branch and Hendon Hooker's here. And Sorsdale plays like that in, in his first game playing. And you think, what what's like – they finished the season really strong last year. And, that, and then you throw on these four players plus five uh, on Monday. And you, it's just, it's pretty remarkable to see what's happening. And I, you know, I don't want to get out over my skis on, on what I think the big picture is for them, like for this year and then going forward. But I just, you know, I kind of think that every possibility is open to where the lions could finish this year. And I do mean every, and that is a very uncomfortable place to be. Um, you know, I, I just think that we should all we should be looking at what this team did last year, how they finished, and then what they've added, and how the, those guys have looked. And you know, nothing is nothing is off limits to them. It's a pretty remarkable place. Yeah, yeah, it's very different. <laughs> rumor, yeah, rumor has it that um, you and this this other guy, this this Russell Brown character, I've heard of. Uh oh, uh, <laughs> he had a great show. That came out uh, last night. It's good stuff for folks that uh, need something to do when you're not uh, putting all your money toward to, to St. Jude here. Uh, check that one out. But there's some you guys alluded to about doing like a regular Lions show and a draft show. Am I am I hearing things or is this like? A no, I think true? you heard it right. Ooh. Yeah, I think there's some truth to that. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I'm, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm I, mean, I, I think as the season wears on. Uh, and we get towards the end of college season and, and we get into some, you know, more concrete draft stuff. Cause it's still very much, you know, that coffee is still brewing, so to speak. Um, I do think it would be nice to have a lions, you know, centric show. And then, a, a, you know, a kind of a draft related show. Yeah. And it, it's going to be fascinating because Jeff, you know, like, it's it's been it's not that it's been easy to cover the Lions in the, from a draft standpoint, but when you're you know when you're picking early, it you know the list of of things that you really need to dial in on is it's it's not a huge list like you know yeah. at pick two are you taking Aiden Hutchinson or, or Trayvon Walker I don't know where that came from and uh, or Kayvon Thibodeau or some of us got sidetracked a little with the quarterback kind of stuff I think that people know that so but you know. Um, we 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 have to get comfortable with expanding uh, our thought process as far as what what and where they're going to be drafting, and you know, um, I think teams that draft in the back the back end of the twenties always end up with really good football players who who end up starting quickly and playing at a pretty high level 
because they're really good football players that don't require much of a projection. So when you're talking about players in the top 10, you're thinking upside and what they're going to become as opposed to players in the mid twenties that what they already are. So there's a, you know, as a draft guy, I'm super excited for them to draft a player that, that I know, all right, this dude starts from day one in this position and I'm comfortable with it. Uh, But having said that, look at what Holmes has been able to do with the, with the picks that he's made. It's pretty remarkable. So you, you hit on something there that a lot of times the guys that go in the 20 to 32 range are guys who generally get evaluated by people like you and me and the rest of the online draft thing as like, well, that guy's like player number 12, but he's falling because he doesn't have the athletic upside or yeah. that, that, and that's, that's kind of exactly what this team needs. Like they've got the the frontline players. They need the guys that can come in and, and bring, what used to cliche word, grit. Uh, and I, I, it's a great fit for where this team's at. The fact that they'll be picking, um, I, I think they're slated right now to, to pick number twenty nine, um, based on the the Super Bowl odd and, and current. Like that's a really fun place to be. Um, for those of us like you and I, Scott, who cover the draft, it's it's weird because we have to be a lot more well versed on a lot more players. You know, you talked about a couple of years ago. Um, it was Aiden or Trayvon or Kayvon or Sauce or maybe a quarterback, uh, and we learned pretty quickly that if you evaluated those quarterbacks, they weren't they weren't going to be part of the the mix. Like this year, we got like I got to know like all these what like it's a great year to the wide receivers. I've got to know yep. like every wide receiver from you know all the guys at Washington, um, like <laughs> so many different things. We got to know the the Cooper BBs of the world. We got to know the the uh, uh, the dude from uh, Boston College who I really like, and his name escapes me now. I mean, it's a fun name too. Um, I like him as an like. There's so many more things that we have to study. That's going to be yeah. it's going to be a very different year for us to cover it. It is, but you know, I guess we'll just have to take on all that work and and, and figure it all out, right? It's it's so terrible what we have to do. <laughs> Please, it's great. It just, I I think that you know there are moments where the, the bye week comes at a great time for all Lions fans to just collectively take a breath and see what's happening and recognize this is very different and uh, it's going to be a super exciting ride starting, you know, the week they come back, the schedule really opens up for them. Um, you know, I don't, Jeff, Chris, I don't know where you guys are with it, but I think, I think you're, you kind of feel like a home playoff game is, a must and maybe even more than one is a position where they could find themselves in, which is just crazy to think about how quickly they have gone from, you know, what they were with uh, Quinn and Patricia and just how ridiculous that whole situation was to what feels like, you know, uh, smoke through a keyhole kind of thing. And here we are a few short years later and they're just crushing picks everywhere. And it just, it's different. So I, I, it's a good time to just sort of take the, you know, the deep breath in before the plunge, so to speak, to go Lord of the Rings on you 
uh, it's coming. I, the Lions are going to make a run. And as as crazy as the first eight weeks have been, and some of the, you know the, I don't know what you guys thought about the trade deadline. I saw some stuff. Uh, so I was just going to ask you about that. Um, and and you can I'll ask the question. And were you upset that they didn't make a bigger splash move than DPJ? No, no. Uh, just because of price. Why not? I didn't. I did not want them necessarily involved with Chase Young. I thought Montez Sweat would have been fine, but in order to beat what the Bears offered him, you were gonna end, you were gonna have to toss your first round pick to them. I mean, their 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 second round pick is gonna be a top forty pick, and you then have to pay him. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I didn't necessarily want it to be Chase. I didn't want them getting involved with Chase Young because okay, he might be productive for an eight game stretch, but the injuries with him are, are not great. And I just think his, I don't, I don't know if he's a fit for, for their locker room, for their culture. I think Montez sweat is, but not, you know, I don't know that you want to give up a first round pick for, and then have to pay that player. So that's where I was. I mean, I would, you know, I would have loved some corner help, but um, it didn't come. Uh, DPJ, I think is a great fit for, for what they were missing on their on offense, they didn't. Have, you don't have a you know a big boundary receiver, and I think this was what Marvin Jones's intention was here, and DPJ yes. is an upgraded version of that. So, um, but I don't understand. I guess I didn't understand the fretting about it, or I guess they're not competing this year. And I'm thinking, no, I think this is them telling you they're all in on who they have, and and what they've built to this point. And there's a lot of there's a lot of trust that goes in with defensive backs and, you know, uh, understanding who they've got and what they have. And they don't want to disrupt that by bringing in a player who might disrupt their build by costing them a bunch of money in the future. So that's where I was with it. I guess I, you know, it's not like this is the Detroit Red Wings back in the, in the early mid nineties where they could just add, Oh, Brett Hull, you score a lot of goals. You want to come on down and, and snipe goals from the bottom of the circle for us. Cool. We'll have you. You know, like that's just not how it works in the NFL. I wish, I wish, you know, it was like that in some in some ways that the trade deadline would be more exciting, like that. But you know, for where the Lions are, uh, especially at the bye week, sitting where they're sitting and what what's in front of them, I can understand a little bit of it. Like you know, you want to get a little better, but what at what price? So, you know, I think DPJ is a really nice fit culturally. And, and with what he can do as a player, I'm not so sure that, and I don't know where anybody else falls on the Chase Young thing. I don't, I don't think he costs very much money. That's a tell, you know. I mean, he he, San Francisco they end up giving up a a pick that hasn't quite been doled out to them yet, a compensatory pick, and Washington's happy to do that. That's telling, you know what I mean? They're, like there's there's that's telling you some things. So I, I was, I mean, I'm fine with where they are. I think I think they're in a great place. I really do. Chris, we've, you're muted. If you think about hey, it, in the history of uh, Brad Holmes, hi Chris, hi. <laughs> um, giving up you're, to to get Chase Young on a rental, potentially, you're giving up a Aleem McNeil, or a Kirby Joseph, or a Hendon Hooker, uh, or a Broderick Martin, and and Iffy. Those were thirds, but you but you, that's I mean when you're looking at Brad, that's kind of the realm of the player that you're giving up, is that worth it? Well, Chase Young is is good. Is he the right fit? 
Is he the guy that they would have drafted? Maybe, maybe not. We don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not certain that he is. And I think about what Brad and Brad Holmes is like a 90% hit rate at the draft versus this expensive kind of money play. Um, Detroit Pistons amateur hour says I'm, I'm ups, not upset about the lack of trades. I just worry. You never know what the future brings. It always seems the window is longer than it actually ends up being. If Brad can continue to maintain this hit rate. I mean, that's the only thing that's gotten this lions team where it is in three years is, is the drafting of Brad Holmes, CJGJ. He's not playing Manuel Mosley. He's not playing. It's not these big splash signings that have gotten the Lions from what is arguably the worst roster since Owen 16, maybe worse when Matt Patricia left yeah. and then and then and then the trade happened for for Matthew Stafford to where they are today. It's really solely been through the draft capabilities of Brad Holmes. Do you want to take away part of his superpower? And turn it into this rental of a guy that may or may not be what we want. What I see and what has happened to this team in this three years. I'll say one, I would have loved to make 10 splashes. I'd have loved to have been owned the headlines for all the guys this year. But I trust, I trust Brad's choices because he's the one that's gotten us here. And there's a lot of guys that have done things that I've agreed with that didn't work out. So I'm kind of like... He, he he has the credibility, I think, to 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 win the argument on whether or not we should have made a bunch of splash picks or any splash picks here in this last. A hundred percent. And and I think part of it is also they're they're super smart people and they know what kind of money is coming up to the guys who they already have that they love that are all about the things that they that they are that they're about. Right. Mm-hmm. And bringing in another player that then upsets that. In a best case scenario, you bring in Chase Young for whatever you have to give up for him. And then you have to allocate a bunch of money to him that you weren't considering allocating to him at the cost of some other player. I just, you know, um, Chris, I'm with you 100%. Brad Holmes is earned. People are going to roll their eyes at this, but you don't have to be all in on every single decision they make to understand that they're generally making really good decisions and that's got them where they are right now. And that's it. Like, you know, I mean, I, I, we saw, we saw the stuff that Bob Quinn did and others. Carrying um, a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah. Like he knew he needed it to protect himself walking out of that building half the time. <laughs> oh, I remember those like being in the building and, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I just I think that there's there's a level of understanding that we as fans should just take away from where where they are, uh, knowing that they know what they're doing, and there's a plan, and the plan did not necessarily involve bringing in a wild card like Chase Young. Now, do I think would I have wanted them to get in, get in on Montez Sweat if it was going to cost them maybe their second round pick? Sure, With because I do think he would have fit for right. them right with a contract. But I don't know that. I don't know that that's that them not being involved in this is going to cause me to worry so much about whether they're competing this year or not. They clearly are. Everything's in front of them. Yep. Yep. Uh, really quick. St. Jude.org slash DLP. Get your donations in there. Help support St. Jude. Get your name on the screen. We'll call you out like we are Jeff M. 
40 bucks. Thank you. And Wiggy Master for your 25. Thank you for supporting. I've got my beans sitting right here. We're going to let Scott talk and we're going to get through that. And we won't put him through the pain of my pain eating what could be. What is it? This one. This one. What are you eating? I need to know this. These are bean boozled. It's bean boozled by Ronco. Oh, so you don't know what it is. Oh, boy. No, it's in. And it could be. It could be like regular peppermint or it could be vomit. It could be bottom of a trash can or it could be chocolate. Like you just don't know. This one is birthday cake or dirty dishwater. And, and, and you know how jelly bellies are, right? Those beans, they're exactly on point for flavor. These things, these ba- the like barf is like, it induces retching while you, while you, you're eating it. Um, the spoiled, See, milk, the, spoiled the, milk is really bad. It's really bad. The birthday cake or dirty dishwasher one is, I, I think you take that risk. I do. I'm about to. Because <laughs> it's birthday cake. I mean, I, you know. Yeah. And uh, so uh, as somebody who has been victimized by these, the dirty dishwater wasn't the worst. Stink bug was the worst. That was, that was the accuracy with which they imbue these flavors into these freaking beans is unreal. Um, I would actually, I would love these beans. Like, how do they know what stink bug tastes like? I would love to listen to a podcast of somebody who creates these bean boozle flavors on how they do it. I, I'm fascinated by it. Like, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. Like, cause is it like human testing? Like they, someone eats the stink bug and then yeah. someone eats and says, it needs just a touch more human feces. Uh, it's just missing that little, you know, like, I mean, what's the, like, who's the one person that's fine tuning this stuff? Oh my God. Yeah. There's got to be a lot of money. Need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that person should earn just as much money as the guy that climbs to the top of the radio towers and replaces the light bulbs because I feel like after seeing Riz last year lying on the floor at the end of the 24 hours in excruciating pain, he actually wound up in the hospital. We put him in the hospital. That, that was a medical so. issue not related to the beans, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is let's let's take a moment. Let's take a moment for drama. <laughs> so yeah, um, it, that's 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 well, pretty that crazy. So yeah, I think you're I think out of the hospital this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> One hour at a time. It's generally good advice for just about every scenario. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've got this thing going on. We're 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 doing our thing um with with the trades, the deadlines, the draft. We wind up drafting next year. Uh, we have a couple guys. Let's say all of our one year guys are gone. All right. Let's just let's just say we, we, we clean those out and we have to uh come back with, with something new. What are you looking at as far as from a draft potential right now, positionally, Scott? What, what, where, where do these lines really need to bolster and, uh, and put something that's going to help them kind of get to that next level? So this is probably going to be the laziest sort of garbage answer ever, but it's pass rusher or, or defensive back kind of. And it's not tough to – like you always – you always need those guys. Like there's always injuries and there's stuff that comes up, but you know, um, right now, like Joey Porter jr. Looks pretty good and he's playing at a pretty high level. Be, you'd love to add that to your roster next year in the draft in, in round one. Uh, I mean, we talked about the interior O line, if that's kind of where that were, what they need. So to me, I, you know, I guess just to really quickly answer the question is it's D it's defensive back or pass rusher. 
if a wide receiver they have graded out very highly falls to you, which is a possibility because there are there are a lot of receivers and a lot of different receiver types in this class. You know, that's something that that I you can get on board too. Um, but I think generally it's pass rusher, defensive back, um, maybe an outside corner type defensive back where. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with Cam Sutton going forward long-term. I think Jerry Jacobs is – I think he might be here for a while. He's becoming – he's been become one of the most important players on their defense, and you just – you need more help there. So, you know, obviously you mentioned it with no uh, Gardner Johnson Jr., no Emmanuel Mosley, um, you know, and, and not a lot of depth there. I could see that being where they go is a, a you know a developmental player who's going to play as an outside corner for you, um, opposite Jerry Jacobs, and then everything else that's here is here already. So, you know, I'm, I don't know if that's a good answer, but it's a lazy answer because you could say that about 32 teams. Yeah, but yeah, it's a good answer. I really, I really like. I mean, you know, I like Jerry, but what I like about Jerry besides Jerry the person is the development we've seen out of him from a UDFA till, wow, we're 63 players deep because of injury. He's going to see the field to, wow, this guy's for real. This guy's a real NFL quarterback. And even at the beginning of the season, people are like, Jerry's not a, he's not NFL caliber. I mean, people, people just don't know, right? People, people missed a lot. I mean, they, they called Hutchinson Bustinson for a long time. And now it's like, they can't get out of his shorts, but Jerry's growth and development. I think it's a testament to the both the, the coaches on this team, but to him as a as a player and a man and the and the effort that he puts in because he is a valuable commodity. He's been really cheap too. What's gonna happen? Yeah, I mean, I mean look at you know, he misses the Baltimore game and look what happens. You know, there I mean there was more going on there than just that, but yeah. but still he's a very important part of it. Um you know, sometimes a player like that just shows up and he gives you what he gives you and it works. And, you know, he has grown as a player. I do think that we're going to see a little more Cam Sutton being tested towards the back half of the season with Jerry Jacobs kind of playing the way he is. Um, But, you know, I I think it's a, it's a great thing having, getting that kind of value out of a player like Jacobs. It's it's huge. It is. Yeah. Speaking of Jerry, and the seatbelt gang and everything else. We, what, I haven't said this yet, but let's 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 do this right now. All the t-shirts and merch available. That's available at DetroitLionsPodcast.com and also at seatbelt game. So seatbeltgang.com since we handle Jerry's merch for him. A lot of people don't know that. Um, two bucks from every t-shirt sold will go straight to St. Jude. So if you were thinking of getting a seatbelt gang shirt, there there's a great lockdown shirt with Jerry's face on it as well. in kind of the, the Obama hope motif kind of thing. It's, it's a, it's a real bomb out shirt. Uh, if you're a Jacobs fan, check it out, go to seatbeltgang.com. Any of the shirts there, any of the shirts available at Detroit lions, podcast.com. Check them out. Two bucks from every shirt, St. Jude throughout the course of this 24 hour podcast. So if you were looking at, there's a really cool, 1991 NFC Central Champs shirt. Just prepping people for the the uh, NFC North shirt that's going to come out this year. Get that, support it. Get that juice. Get that luck. Get that that good winning feeling out there. And uh, you can get a couple bucks to St. Jude that way. You get a little something for yourself out of the deal. Or if you want to just donate, like Anonymous just did, another the twenty five dollar Anonymous donation. Go to stjude.org slash dlp and just put your money where your mouth is. Straight up, took us up to thirty eight seventy five. 
I know. I owe you folks a bean. We'll, we'll do that as soon as uh, Scott. We let oh, him free because yeah. he's got a busy day. It's a birthday today, Scott. Do we need? Do we need to? Do we need to sing, or can we just wish your better half a happiest of birthday? We are not singing a thing here. We're just <laughs> if, listen. If I could sing, I wouldn't talk. If I had hair, I I wouldn't wear a hat. And if I were, you know, um, I wouldn't wear pants in a certain scenario either. So I'm wearing pants and I'm wearing a hat and I'm not singing. And I think I've said that before at times. We're not singing. We're just going to we're just going to talk it out or write a nice little letter, whatever. That's how we're doing it. Sorry, Scott, I've been with you at a Metallica concert and I, I noticed that you didn't sing along when we were there. So. Well, I could have there. You would have never heard me, so it would have been totally fine. You can right? scream better. And I put on concerts in the shower. I put on concerts in my car when I'm driving. I just don't do it in front of anybody else. Oh so if we catch yeah, you I'm without pants, without a hat, <laughs> you're going to be singing. That's that's basically the situation. <laughs> Generally, yes, but you're never going to catch me without pants. So that's, you know. <laughs> we just... Okay, I'm not going to get into the shower with you. We'll, we'll just yeah, like I, I've made this very awkward. <laughs> I think I made it awkward. Right. You set it up, and then I just took us to the awkward place. That's usually how it goes, Scott. I, we can't put that one on you, brother. We're good. <laughs> uh, Riz, I got a baby brother to eat an orange slice covered in toothpaste. That's that smells like a, a Riz thing to do this year. Do you have any oranges around the house? Uh, we have apples. I don't know about oranges. I have a lime. I've done the lime before. Yeah. That was surprisingly bitter. That was that was unpleasant, actually. Um, <laughs> that might be. So, um, Scott, so just so you know, uh, when we get to 10,000, I am doing the Will Levis banana. You're just eating the whole thing? <laughs> yes. Okay. Has anybody put mayonnaise in I can't in do the mayo and coffee. I can't. Yeah, I, I can't do that, but uh, I, I will do the Willow's banana. And I've so I we did I did the lime. I don't. It was like a couple of drafts ago. I don't remember what it was. Um. Oh, oh, I do know it because um, it dealt with the Bengals because we all knew back to go back to the twenty twenty one draft that the the Bengals were either taking Jamar Chase or Panay Sewell. And the Lions were taking the one that they didn't. And I guessed wrong. I thought they would take Panay and that Chase would wind up here. And uh, I had to do my penance as eating a lime. Um, but uh, by the way, people from both teams have validated that that was exactly the plan for both teams. Like it was Panay or Chase um, for both teams. And I think both teams are pretty happy with that too. I think both teams are pretty comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Um so let me let me ask you this um because we do have a yeah. lot of wide receivers and I I am fascinated by this wide receiver class. I think it's the deepest I've ever seen at this point. Are you looking for a specific type um are you so let me let, I'll phrase it this way. One of the things that I was interested in at the trade deadline was getting a true slot receiver, an instant open short range target type of guy. Um, Tom Kennedy, but with more pizzazz. Nothing is Tom Kennedy. I love we love Tom was on the show yeah. last year doing this. Um, but somebody that would be like a Hunter Renfro, like a uh, that kind of guy. Where do you value that? Because my thought behind it, 
is that I would like to be able to move Amon Ra around because he can. And yeah. I like the idea of being able to do, like, is that how much value would you place on that compared to an outside receiver who's going to be the Josh Reynolds replacement if Josh isn't back um, or something of that? Like DPJ, can he's auditioning. for I, I firmly believe DPJ is auditioning for that role. But where, yeah. how high of a priority would you place on the different types of receivers there? So, I mean, I think it's interesting. Um, the idea of moving around St. Brown, uh, Brown is, you know, it's a great idea. But where I would start right now is I would let JMO take those. I'd let Jamison William take – I want him to take those slot reps where – I would love it too. <laughs> just like they're putting him in high leverage situations. And sometimes I think that like um, let him run like a crossing route. You know, line up on you know on say let's say the left slot, and then run a ten yard crosser all the way across the field. Hey, guess what? Nobody can run with him. That kind of thing. Where where it's just pitch and catch type stuff. But they don't seem to want to be doing that. Um, as far as the draft goes, I, I think a, it would be great to have a player who is capable of of lining up out of the slot and moving St. Brown around but also a player who could give you outside looks too. Think about that. Like, all right, we don't know where St. They're in the huddle. We don't know where St. Brown's going to. They have another player who can do all those things. Now I think like a Mecca Egbuka from Ohio state would be a pretty dynamic weapon for what they have. And we also have to remember what Jared Goff sort of demands out of receivers is trust. So, you must run your routes the right way. You must get to your landmark. You must be trustworthy, uh, and then I will get the ball to you kind of stuff, where Ibuka does run really smooth, efficient routes. He may not be available where they're picking. Uh, he, I would guess that he would not be, but a player like that who, who can't operate out of the slot but can also operate you know, as a traditional player too – that kind of stuff. Um, I just think that whoever they take needs to be a very, very smooth, efficient, good route runner um, to capitalize on what Jared Goff is as a quarterback. There you go. We're feeling that. Feeling it. It's interesting. So we we talked to Mark Schofield earlier. I know you know Mark. And he talked about the the trust factor being an issue in J-Mo, like running a 17-yard like getting to going 17 and coming back to 15 rather than turning at 15 and waiting for the ball and things like that. Is that what yeah. you're seeing in JMO when you watch the film? Yeah, there's just there's a just a touch of of uh they're just out of sync a touch. That's what, it's a little why you know the high leverage ones the you know the down the really deep down the field ones uh I'm not sure Goff has totally dialed in Jameson Williams speed yet which is interesting. And, and then you look at scenarios where you know that Jamison Williams is not necessarily running the route, the way Goff wants him to, you can see it that Goff's uh, like frustrated. And it's the combination of those things where they are, they are a touch out of sorts. Um, You know, maybe, maybe we all have thought Jamison was more NFL ready than he was coming in. I think that's pretty fair too. That there's there is an element as as a route runner that he needs to develop to, where where they're 
there is a struggle happening, but that's a little bit why I would love for them to just give him easy pitch and catch throws and let him, you know, have three or four of those a game where, you know, you know, what's going to happen. He's going to beat everybody to the sideline and turn up the sideline and be gone. And that's, you know, it's a little like what Jalen Waddle did in his first year with Miami. They ran, they did all kinds of short stuff with him because they couldn't protect their quarterback. And, you know, Jalen Waddle's super fast too. Jameson Williams might be the fastest player in the NFL. So get the ball in his hands and let him go. Uh, and it's something that I really want them to do. But I also understand that that's from a limited perspective and a limited understanding of what the L, of what they're trying to do. So it's not like I'm, you know, firing the remote at the TV because they won't do it. You know, it doesn't really yeah. matter what I think. So, um, you know, I, I mean, I hope they do get in sync. I hope that the, it does work. Sometimes it takes time with receivers. We've seen really, really good wide receivers take a little time. I mean, does anybody remember Devontae Adams' first couple of years in Green Bay? No. It Packers wasn't. fans hated that guy. They hated him. Yeah. Hated yeah. Him, I mean, it's not all roses sometimes, you know, and he hasn't had a ton of time with, you know, he missed, you missed the year with the ACL and then you come back to, you know, not too soon, but you come back and, and you're, and you're lacking chemistry and then the gambling stuff. And it's just, you know, there's the ham and all, all this stuff, um, he still he still needs to work on becoming more reliable on the field. And I, here's where I'm at. I guess big picture with him is you don't you don't put in performances on special teams at Alabama the way he looked unless you love playing football. He was a special teams monster there. I mean, he really was. And it's obvious he loves the game and he's super passionate about playing. He's physical and all that stuff. I think we just need to give him a little more time. Yeah. It feels probably. Um, like giving him a pass on where he is. I think he does need to work harder on being a better route runner, but I don't think there's anything where you look at him and think he's a bust because he just doesn't care. I don't think that's at all where it is with Jameson Williams. No. And that's, I think that's an important thing. (laughs) Let me, there's a, there's a narrative out there by some people and (laughs) they're trying to find a blame. He's lazy. He's, Give him time. He's the, it's Goff's fault because he's too fast and Goff always underthrows him. Can we stop that one? Like Goff can't throw uh, to a fast receiver. Right? That that one's just silly, right? I mean, that's just silly. Yeah, you kind of bristle at that. Like this is it's Jared Goff. He's you know like whatever you think of him, he's still a, a he was the first pick for a reason. He's a very capable quarterback. You know, there's just Chemistry. when you when you're putting the ball fifty yards downfield, it's tough. Those are it's tough. You know, those are hard. Those are hard uh, situations to win in. And he's won a few of them where he's looked great. Well, I mean, by the, by that kind of thinking, you know, Devonte Adams must be slowing down because he was overthrown twice in the Raiders game by Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's just one game. So there you go. Well, well, Scott, I know. Jimmy Chase talks. <laughs> hey, he's a good looking man. He's a handsome fellow. He's an exceptionally good-looking man. Yeah, okay, we gave him we gave him his due. Um, Scott, I know you got a lot going on. I know you got a busy day, and it's and and thank your wife for us. Wish her a very very happy birthday for letting you do this with us I will. and, and taking time away. Um, you know it's important. St. Jude, stjude.org slash DLP. Get some couple of ducats in there. Help us raise the money. Help us get there. I'm due to eat a bean. I got to give folks the the bean treatment, and uh, you you got to go give your wife the the beauty 
it, the hats off, the pants are off, and it's going to be time to sing. So have a great birthday. Oh, I get to disappoint my wife again. <laughs> Oh, hey, you guys have a great day. Oh, <laughs> Appreciate we you, brother. We're in the midst of a very good day. We're very happy. Good. And, uh, thank you for joining us. And pimp uh, your last video that you just did because it was great. I actually watched it this morning a little bit. I got, I got about two thirds. All right. Through. Well, it's on. It's it's on Detroit Lions podcast, and Russ and I are going to get more of those. Uh, this one is just a bi week sort of. It's not a filler, but you know, we did talk about the trade deadline. We talked about some draft stuff. There's going to be more of that. So. You know, tune in there. Donate away here today. This is great stuff. You guys are doing an awesome thing. Uh, very much appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for being a part of it. Love Thanks, you and, 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 and Russ, what you guys are doing. It's uh, I, I love watching you guys work. Uh, and it's so cool to have a platform to get you guys back and doing it again because you are you're an excellent pair. It's really it's really something to see. So hopefully a lot more to come out of you guys very, very soon. All right, brother. For sure. Be good. Have a great thanks, day. Enjoy. All right. Thanks. Scott Bischoff. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Woo! Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Yes! You've had enough of that shit.